Yo, welcome to another episode of Invite the Neighbors. Uh, this is Brian Porter, your host slash producer slash uh, fashion icon, um, sneaker enthusiast. Anyways, this episode was with Skitch and Tweets. That's what I'm going to call it. They go by different names, I'm pretty sure. Well, different. They're involved in different things. Like there's a zine. Um, they're. You know what? I'm just going to let you listen to the episode because there's so many different things that I don't want to misrepresent it by not naming all of them. So just listen. Um, Benny and I had a decent conversation. Um, I say decent. That sounded bad. It was a good conversation. Um, it was a while ago, so like it, I'm struggling to remember the bulk of it, but we're busy you know, trying to get out all these backlog episodes because we recorded a shit ton of episodes during the quarantine um, in short succession, and now we're kind of taking a break from recording new ones to just chill, enjoy the summer, and put out all the episodes that we did during the, like, the beginning of the quarantine. So that's another one of those. Um, so I don't mean to, just because I don't remember a lot of it, that don't let that discredit the quality of the episode because I remember, you know, if there weren't any episodes where I thought like, oh, that's not going to be good. So this is, you know, a good conversation and it's going to be really enlightening. If you've never heard of um, our guest, you're going to want to listen to this especially because um, they're involved in a lot of really cool stuff in DIY. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's let's get to it. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, one more thing, you know share this podcast with your friends um post about it on social media it's really appreciated um benny and i were talking we got some really cool plans um for expanding the patreon coming up um once once we get all these backlogged episodes out and start recording fresh ones again um there's gonna be a lot of cool stuff coming so yeah if you're a new listener welcome if you know this is your 79th time listening to the podcast um you're the fucking you're the shit seriously thank you so much um consider joining the patreon invite the neighbors dot no patreon.com slash invite the neighbors follow us on twitter at itn pod um instagram at invite the neighbors you know we're out there you'll find us um leave us a review on apple Podcasts, itunes um we're on spotify you can follow us google place stitcher radio we out here so Again, thanks for listening, guys, and enjoy the episode. Hey. Now, pretend hey. that I'm saying hi for the first time. What's up? So, <laughs> How's it going? Not too bad. So, Ty, you, your Twitter is Skitching Tweets, and yeah. I, uh, I purposely didn't try to figure out what it is that you do because I wanted to just have content on the podcast. So... I think one of my friends, because I posted on Twitter, basically like, who would you like to see on the podcast? And you were someone that was mentioned, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, Benny knows who you are. I'm kind of just curious, like what it is that like, what your relation to like the DIY scene is. Um, well, I make zines and I write about DIY and I make art in the DIY scene. So, and I do, I perform sometimes too. And then the, Long, long of that, I uh, did disability advocate as well. So it sort of oh, all ties cool. together. Yeah. Where should we yeah. start? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's a lot to break down. So you said you do art for the DIY? Yeah. I'm like like album art type stuff? 
Yeah, I do album art. I do like gig posters. Anything like promotional that you want, I do it. Done like oh. merch and stuff like that too. Dope. So, yeah. Dope. Um, yeah, that's like my favorite thing to do, honestly. What make merch? Yeah, I love to make merch for people, and like it's so cool to see like people wearing my art, and like even if I like go like out of town. Like uh, DIY shows in like Lansing or Kalamazoo or Detroit, and like people I don't even know wearing art that I made. It's so tight. Yeah, that that would be pretty dope. I've had one other person um, on the podcast before that that makes their own merch too out in Oregon. Do you like? Do you drop? I mean, I'm assuming you drop the art, but do you also like screen print the stuff yourself, or do you like just do the art for it? I only do the art, yeah. I'm like, I just have like print bands or whatever, really. Like, whoever wants me to design merch for them, I'll do the design. And I'll just let them handle the production itself. Word. Yeah, I might, uh, I might actually look into that because I'm, I'm on the prowl for merch for once, once oh. I finish my record. Brian, absolutely, please look into it. Ty, your aesthetic for a lot of the art that you do, like, it makes me so happy. I really love, like, the old school punk aesthetic of a lot of it. Thanks. Like, I remember about a month ago, and I'm looking at the tweet right now, you posted a tweet that was, uh, here's the four that I'm most proud of, of, like, artwork and stuff. And it's just, like, it's so good. It's Thanks. so good. So, do, do you have like a place online where you have like uh, a gallery or something? Uh, yeah. I mean, I honestly, I mainly just use Instagram. Or like, you can find that at, um, at tmd dot art. And uh, TM, you said tmd. Yeah, tmd dot art. Word. About to check Dude, I work in like I don't I don't only do art for like DIY bands and stuff. So like everything is on there. I do a bunch of different stuff. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm looking at it now. This is pretty sweet. Yeah, I definitely see like the old school punk sort of thing. Yeah. And then I'm trying to like remember the list that you that you broke down for me when I asked originally what you do. So <laughs> you do the art. Um, and you said you're a disability advocate. Like, that's that sounds pretty interesting. And like, only the closest thing I've heard of that is um, Ellie does uh, Lee DIY the the strobe free shows for like uh, epilepsy yeah. awareness. Yeah, which I yeah, think is Ellie's pretty awesome. Dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, Ellie's been on the podcast a couple times. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious. Like, what what all does that um contain? Being the disability advocate. Uh. Oh, for, off the bat, I'm a disabled person. I use a, a power wheelchair. Um, I have a disease called spinal muscular atrophy. And long story short, I can't walk weak. I, uh, yeah, I require the use of a wheelchair and help with like daily activities and stuff. Um, and then just, I, uh, my advocacy is mainly. 
you know, I use like the music scene sort of as an avenue for that because it's combining two things that are really important to me. And like, uh, I sometimes like speak at DIY gigs or even at like Bloodfest last year. Uh, and I talked about different disability issues and accessibility. Um, yeah, that's in the bulk of it really is being like uh, an example in the scene of you know disabled person uh, we, we don't get seen a lot you know yeah. in this sort yeah. of uh, this culture and so I want to be an example for that uh, that's I mean that's dope honestly that's just good. really dope so where do you do you like table at events and things like that i'm assuming like you said you go and speak at yeah. gigs but i'm because i'm all about that shit like i when i heard about ellie doing the lead diy thing for example like i i think that's so important just any any of that work and i think it's unfortunate one thing oftentimes it doesn't become real to people unless they have like firsthand experience with it either like someone they know or themselves but i think you know people doing what you do, like putting it out there, you know, kind of helps make people aware of these types of things like epilepsy aware. You know what I mean? I never would have even thought about that, but like I had a friend pass away from like a seizure that, you know, and it looks like, like that kind of like brought this thing that you hear about and you, you realize like, Oh shit, it's actually real. Like this thing is, you know, it's yeah, not for sure. So yeah, I definitely yeah, that's, respect that's that. Thanks. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Just like being as active as I can be in the scene to just sort of be an uh, example. Uh, you know, let people see that I'm like we're here, and like we also want to be a part of this. Like, uh, you know, the scene is so founded on like being an inclusive thing, and like representing of different backgrounds and so I sort of want to like emphasize you know that part uh you know, just say with people that don't get don't get to go to shows because of inaccessibility and whatnot so yeah, it falls totally in line with like with some of the stuff that i was doing yeah i remember uh seeing your performance at bloodfest last year and it was like, it was really, really eye opening. Like, it's such an unfortunate thing that, like, while I feel like the scene as a whole has made a lot of good strides towards some things, it's really, really unfortunate that there are still some things like that, for example, that still kind of like fall by the wayside a little bit when you look at it. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm glad you were there for that. Yeah, it was really, really great. Thanks. Yeah, so, that was that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> you say you perform too? I'm uh, like, kind of. I I've done like uh, cover sets and stuff like that. Like I've done like guest vocals with bands and stuff like that. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah, so, and- yeah. I'm just like, uh, my, my, it's fun. 
My brain's super ADD, uh, just so you know. So if I like go all over the place, that's just going to be par for the course, by the way. Because like, oh, you're good. Have, <laughs> I'll think of one question and then like the next, the next, and then the next. Um, <laughs> do uh, I like inter- I do like a lot of interviews too. Uh, you have like prepared that you kind of talk about, or like do you go off the cuff usually? Usually off the cuff. We kind of yeah. have since since Benny came aboard, we kind of talked a little bit about like a game plan, sort of like good cop, bad cop, but like more not not good cop, bad cop, more like left brain, light right brain. Like Benny likes doing like research and administrative stuff, so like put Benny more on the fact finding, like talk, like ask questions about like concrete shit because you know they've been to more shows than me, they know more people than me in the music scene, and then I ask. I tend to ask more of like the abstract, general, philosophical type questions. Not philosophical. That, that's giving this podcast too much credit. But yeah, it's just off the cuff. Like as far as like, you know, because oh, yeah. I, I don't. I I think like there's there's something to uh, like planned interviews. I think you know in the right context. But when it comes to like music and DIY, it's it's all like loose. It. I just I don't think it really would make sense to like have like a pre-planned structured interview. You know what I mean? I think it's more entertaining. No, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, I've listened people. to a little bit of the pod. Um, I was just listening to the one you did with Tyler from Parkway earlier. And I was oh, like, yeah. wondering that. Uh, uh, that was such a good episode. Tyler's awesome. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tyler's been on a couple times. And... Um, I always have like a good chat with him because like we've been he's one of the producers that's working on uh, my band's record at the moment and he's just so good to work with dude he's so good to work with I I know because I recorded a podcast with him in like December and uh, he's just like such a sweetie and like such a good worker and so easy to work with like you said what podcast so was, was that? Because I've never had a chance to meet him. Oh, really? Nope. You should. Huh. <laughs> yeah, he's he's uh, he's he's a little dude. He's a little sweetheart. Yeah. Uh, the podcast he recorded uh, uh, with me was uh, one that Nate Duro is doing. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. I finally met Nate. I got to play my other band, got to play the audio tree show at the loving touch. Super lucky, super grateful. But when I met Nate, I thought he was going to be a lot taller. That was my main impression. <laughs> like, Oh, I thought you'd be much taller. Super, super nice though. Super nice. Yeah. yeah. Good dude. I've unfortunately never met him IRL either, but we have been, we were planning some, uh, audio tree present stuff with boyfrienders with him before everything started happening and shows started getting canceled and stuff like that. And it was just like, he's very professional, but also in a way that doesn't sacrifice being nice to people, which is very, very nice to see. Like I've never had like a bad experience talking to him or even an experience where I was just like, 
uh, I don't know about this. Like, he's a very nice individual, first and foremost, which makes me very happy to have someone like that doing shows and stuff. I kind of have a question for you, Benny, because the audio tree show I played, like, I it was in my second band where I don't really do anything but play guitar. I don't have to worry about any of the scheduling or anything. So, like, I don't know what the process was like to get on that show and to plan it out. So, do you basically just email him with links to your music and then he'll, he gets back to you when there's a show available or like, what was the experience of planning it? Like, even if you didn't get to play something yet, this, my answer to this will be an answer that I will give to a lot of people who have any questions about doing something in general in the music scene, just send an email. Doesn't yeah. hurt. It's so true. Just send an email. You usually will, because I feel like a lot of people usually get nervous at the idea of approaching someone in the first place to like book a show, especially if it's like this company or this band or something that they perceive as being in a different stratosphere, like popularity wise. So, but if there's something I've learned, it's just like, just say fuck it and send an email because usually nine times out of ten you'll hear back from that person or company that you reached out to. But besides and that, how I got on yeah, and literally for the audio tree present stuff for the other for the answer to the other part of that question, it was just like we were on a mailing list. We got sent a list of a ton of shows that were being planned and we just emailed back with the ones that we were interested in hopping on which was just that was pretty much the process oh that's pretty cool yeah pretty easy yeah I think like you just gotta what I tell like anybody and this doesn't happen a lot but it did happen one time where I played a show and uh, a person came up to me afterwards and was like oh I really liked your band blah 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 I knew about the podcast I and was like, what I basically asked for advice on like how they should go about getting shows and stuff. I'm like, yeah, basically, just the main thing I tell people to worry about more than anything else is just making your record good, like, make a good recording, like, don't rush it, like, make something that sounds good so that when you send it to people, you let the music kind of speak for itself rather than like. You know what I mean? Because if if no one's ever heard of you before and you don't have any, if you're like zero clout status, you know, the best thing that's going to save you and push you up a rung is having a good record. And then, yeah, just put yourself out there. You know, worst case, they say no, but just keep sending emails until they have to say I mean, that's how I every show I've ever booked is just like, hey, do you want to play this? (laughs) I have a question for you, Ty. I was just wondering, like, you do, like, a lot of really wonderful activism, you're doing zines, you do a lot of art, and I feel like a lot of that, what I'm just wondering is, like, where is, like, what laid the foundation for your love of being involved in, like, the scene and everything? Like, was there a particular band, or was it just, like, kind of growing up in the middle of one? Like, that's what I was wondering. That's such a good question. (laughs) I mean, it's all sort of tied together, right? Yeah. Um, What was the foundation for it? 
Yeah, I guess I wanted, honestly, I wanted to just like meet people and meet friends. So, oh, yeah. Sort of, I dove in and it was like, it was always really hard for me to like actively play in bands unless I was going to sing. It's not like I'm a very good singer. Oh, uh, <laughs> and even, even, and like, I do it sometimes, but it's not like I'm able to practice regularly just because my, body is so you know like some days it's good some days it's really bad and practice schedules are like really hard and a lot of them are inaccessible so it was like what else can i do in the scene well i already am drawing all the time i'm already writing all kinds of shit like, yeah we just start making zines and like document the scene and that's when i started like like you said, sending emails. So I just started sending emails to bands like, hey, I do an interview like for my DIY punk zine. Like, uh, and it's almost always like, yeah, why not? So, and that's how I started getting connected with stuff. And yeah. Especially, especially in like my, my in here in Grand Rapids. Uh, and like pick the first bands kind of mentioned like what bands they like really attached to. Uh I like them with these and Bong Mountain. I like the two. But I'm like okay. it'd be like I guess uh thing, I guess. Okay. And I was starting to make the games and everything. Yeah, something I've Something I have always felt is I feel like, yeah, for this scene in general, like, of course, the music is a big part of it. But I've always felt like the creative things that aren't particularly songwriting or making music, I feel like it kind of falls by the wayside when I feel like that stuff is just as important as everything else. Oh, totally. You're spot on. There's like so many many like creative people in the scene that don't really get the recognition that they deserve because they're not yeah. you know playing guitar like and they're yeah. doing like just cool or important things and it might and like part of my reasoning for that might stem from the fact that i have endless amounts of what's the word i'm looking for i have endless amounts of appreciation for people who do excel in more visual art because it's something that I myself have never really had the capability of doing. So I'm always impressed by the fact that people are able to make art like that. But it's just like, I just feel as if the fact that like, like they might not be in bands, you might not be seeing them on stage, but like those are the kinds of people who are like, you know, you have artists who like make gig posters, make album art,
I can barely hear you, buddy. You're coming through like a okay. robot. Hey. Wait, there you are. There yeah, we I go. You. I could I couldn't hear you either. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. That was like a long sentence. That's just yeah. What the heck was that? DIY, baby. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. DIY. But I've just always felt like this scene as a whole is more than just music, and yeah. I really do feel like the like the advocates for certain causes and the people who make visual art and stuff like that, like everything that's not completely music related, I feel like it should be held at the same level as the people who make music. Oh, absolutely. I'm totally with you on that. It all ties together and like we all are contributing and that's what it's all about. You know, that that's literally DIY is, about is like us all working together to do something cool absolutely you got anything to add to that brian i mean the robot voice really threw me off i think we need more (laughs) robot voice i was robot voice yeah (laughs) i'm just nervous because like we we've lost entire episodes due to discord fucking up and i just really hope that doesn't happen god um no, I think I'm kind of curious. Well, f- first of all, before I forget, if you ever or you need some content for your zine, hit us up because we've been um, kind of talking about different things we can do to get the word about the podcast out there. So always down to, you know, help other people get content for their shit. Um, but how long have you been doing the zine for? Um, in spring of 2016. Oh, when damn. the first one dropped, yeah. So, did you do you know how like a count of how many issues you've done? Oh yeah. Uh, so, released ten zines under under the name Skitchin. So we're doing issue eleven. Fall. Um, it's sort of like whenever I can do it. It's not. There isn't really a schedule. People always ask me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, DIY, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Schedule. So, do they are they all in print or is it just like an online thing? It's all print. Uh, That's it was awesome. sort of like it's supposed to like always be print only, but I do offer like PDF format if someone requests it. So like, I do want it to be as accessible to people as they can make it, but. Know, the the primary focus is on the print zine itself. Gotcha, that's yeah. fucking sweet. Do you feel like you get a pretty pretty good response to that? Because you know, there's definitely like the argument that like, you know, it's really more less an argument, more just like a fact that less and less, you know, society is favoring those types of things less and less. Like you look at even like major newspapers, they're not printing as much as they used to, and things like that. So I'm just oh, curious. Yeah. Have, have you had a pretty good response to like people pretty interested in the in the uh, the printed format i think oh yeah for sure i mean it's been great uh my opinion like i've sold you know like over a thousand copies uh i feel like it's pretty solid uh especially when you're talking about like a totally dead format uh, right there are people that like hold on to that you know you want something tangible and 
I'm sort of that same way. I like I love tangible things. I love to be able to like hold it in my hand. Like yeah, same. You know, this, this is my copy of something, and then like even if you file it away and put it away for years, and eventually you're going to come back across it, it's going to spark some sort of memory. And I think there's that, a lot of people that that think that same way. I yeah, I'm that way, and I think a lot of musicians are. Yeah, like a lot of like art people are in general. Yeah. You know. Um, I've also been noticing kind of like a zine resurgence in the scene as of lately. I think so too. Like I love when like, for example, like the last or one of the last shows that I went to before everything started happening, I remember gray matter was playing and they had probably about like 10 different kinds of zines at their merch table. And it was like, for all kinds of like advocating for certain issues and things like that. And like, yeah, boy, boyfriend, those. Mm-hmm. they're, they're yeah. really amazing. And like we've boyfrienders has been taking around zines at our shows for the, uh, advocating for Palestinians in the Israeli Palestine conflict. Like, yeah, I, you know, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very happy that like, it's kind of seeing like a sort of resurgence. I don't know. It's really, really dope to me. I think that like there's, it's maybe like people trying to, they, you realize like once you in the DIY scene for a little while, you start to realize like how accessible all these things are. You know, anyone can pretty much start a band. Anyone can like do whatever. And this podcast is proof of that too. Like anyone can create their own relevance, you know? And I think like yeah. that idea is widespread and that's a good thing. You know, like yeah. more content, the better. There's never going to be like uh, a less in demand for for content. You know, yeah. so yeah. And like you, and, like you said, like with like making a good record, like well, if you make a good zine, like somebody's going to want it. You know? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Even like my poorest selling issues, like eventually they're all going to be gone like they go like people want them somebody wants it out there but if they don't yeah. know what it is they're like oh you have a zine let me trade for it i like that's oh. i like the idea of like bartering at diy shows too like between bands <laughs> or something like i'll give you a shirt for a poster or something like that i can't wait for there to do that this, type of shit there was this one time when i got to like Issue four of sketching, I had like always bring like a small stack of them like my backpack to shows in case like anybody recognizes I am and asks for it. But like I forget what band it was. I think it was Sea Mouse. They used to be from Lansing. They're in Tampa now. But I went to one of their shows and I wanted them like buy a tape. And Misky was like, oh, just trade with me. Trade, give me like your zines. And like, did I just create my own currency? Like, so tight. <laughs> create oh. your own currency. That'd be dope. <laughs> Speaking of which, we don't have to talk about this, but I don't understand Bitcoin. I never will. And I think <laughs> that is so like the fact that you can just make up a currency and now it's worth like $8,000 for one Bitcoin. And it's just a computer thing that, you know, why, make sense. why isn't everyone running around in the street? 
basically is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Like it's we're in quarantine. I mean, yeah, but I, you know, when I first realized what Bitcoin was, that's what that was kind of my reaction. Like, oh, okay. So it's basically took the idea of there being no gold standard for money and it's all made up anyways. And we'd all just agree upon it. And that's what makes it work. And kind of just like slapped it in the face and like really just proved it beyond a shadow of a doubt by just saying, yeah, we're going to create computer money. And the reason it works is because we all agree that it's worth something, even though it's dude a, a, th- a computer program. Like, okay. So bizarre. It, it's like, life has no meaning. It's so interesting looking into Bitcoin, though, because it's like or cryptocurrencies in general, because they're so volatile in their worth, like day by day. Like I have a buddy who does a podcast in New York that shall not be named as of this current moment, but he lost like thirty thousand dollars on cryptocurrency. (laughs) Jeez, it's like not so how volatile it is it's super interesting though in theory yeah i mean uh, yeah makes me realize <laughs> like, how dumb you I said, am. like you said brian it's just like we just all collectively agreed that this has value but so all of a sudden it has value <laughs> yeah weird yeah, and it's like with with country like the United States currency, it makes more sense because like there's law enforcement, you know, there's the military <laughs> to enforce these things. You know what I mean? Like there's there's yeah. like a government behind it. Whereas with Bitcoin, like it's just computer. There's no like, I mean, I guess I don't know. It's weird. Like I said, we don't have to <laughs> be talking about this. I don't understand. It. it just makes me feel really fucking stupid. Um. Like just knowing, like re- relative to the geniuses who like created that, like what the hell? Um, but yeah, I'll go back to music. Uh, what are yeah. some what are some of your favorite ties? Some your favorite bands that you've seen, like DIY bands that you've seen play out near you, whether it's like music uh, or like the live performance itself, or uh, well, like I said, like my my two favorite and Rapids bands are like these. And Bong Mountain, uh, they're pretty good friends of mine. But like Bong Mountain, I didn't know any of them as friends before. I was like a fan of their music, and then I became friends with them. They're just so good. Uh, let's see, Ugly Flannel was another really good Grand Rapids band. Like, oh, I played with them once. You did? Where at? Uh, we played at a, a coffee shop in Brighton. It was us. My well, it was in a daydream. Uh, park parking lots. Ugly flannel and no fun club. At some oh, coffee shop. That was a terrible, terrible, terrible venue to play. I won't name it, but it's it. There's it's uh, super high ceilings, and there's the reverb is just fucking awful. So everything <laughs> sounds like it's in a spring reverb can. And it, it, there's nothing to be done about it. I'm like, okay, I guess we're just gonna rock and roll. But yeah, sorry, Ugly Flannel, they were good. I really actually they're dug so their set a lot. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. They played uh, like some little this kitchen fest that I throw like every summer. Played last year. Oh, okay. 
Have you seen uh, uh there's a couple bands I really, really like from Grand Rapids. Uh Pretoria I love and yeah. uh and parking lots too. I saw Parking Lots is like one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. They were on the podcast and they performed a song and it was just like a six or seven minute song where they're just like fucking around and singing about monkeys. Like Oh yeah, that does not <laughs> surprise me at all. Yeah, it, it was a good episode. It was a good episode. After to look back on that. Gotta find that. Yeah, yeah. I can't, it, you know, it's probably in like the 40s or 50 range, pretty sure. Okay. Um, because cool. it, it was just earlier. It was, you know, I think it was in the fall or winter. Yeah, it was in the winter of last uh, 2019. But uh, it was before I hopped on the pod. So it was before it was canon. Yeah, <laughs> before it was canon. Listen to you. See, I, I I like that you say things like that rather than I don't know why the word canon made me think of this but just like in general this is a gripe I've been wanting to bring up about not just like DIY Twitter but just Twitter and just people in general I bitch oh, a boy. go so, off know. king yeah <laughs> people like there's like all these little catchphrases that always come into the popular vernacular like simp is the pot is a popular one right now or like even people saying like bet and i think uh, that's me. you need to limit the amount <laughs> like i i say those things too but like i think you need to limit the amount of those words that you say in a given sentence or like i just feel like i want to hear more original thoughts like i was listening to a comedy podcast uh chris D'Elia, and he was talking about like if you use more than two like catch words or buzzwords in a sense. Oh, I heard this, yeah. That you product, you know, you're a product. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I love Crystalia so I much. My favorite podcast. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, he's like my favorite one comedian. of the only ones I like will never miss an episode. Yeah, dude. For for real same. I've listened to like probably all of them at least two or three times. I'm a fanboy. I'm obsessed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got the life rips hoodie. <laughs> no way <laughs> yeah but yeah but you know there's the idea that you know you're just like so many people are just a product of what is the popular thing and yeah. I just I'm just I would encourage people to have a personality you know what I mean I'm not saying like don't participate in, in what's popular because I think there's value to it but mm. I think a lot of people just they just try it's like clout chasing and they just try to figure out like what it is that the cool kids are saying or doing, and then they do that as a way of like signaling to other people that I'm one of the cool kids too, you know. But it ended up just being like not original, and I don't know that it just bothers me. I, I, I like more originality, I guess. Feel that, sure. I don't know what a simp is, by the way. I don't either. <laughs> I feel like I have Benny? a suspicion, but like I don't know. Benny, Benny, I feel like this is this is where you come in. I need to tweet it earlier today. I honestly have I in my head have just have the idea that it just means that you're a fan of something. And honestly, while you were talking about the lack of originality and stuff, Brian, it just reminded me. So have you ever read the book either in school or on your free time, 1984 by George? Oh, yeah. Orwell? Yeah. I read 1984. 
I feel like the like part of me in the back of my head finds it interesting to think of things like words like stan, simp, bat, like as kind of like a form of new speak from the government where they're oh. just trying to like take away meaning from our sentences by sending by sending vapid meme speak into the cybersphere. Meme speak. I love that. Meme speak. <laughs> now, please keep in mind that I literally woke up from a nap, nap probably less than an hour ago. So my brain is going <clears throat> a million different directions right now, as midday naps tend to do to me. But yeah. I was just thinking about that, Brian, while you were talking and like silently laughing to myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't. I, not that I think that you actually believe that the government is actually doing that. It's a funny thought, but like. Yeah, that's what it is. A funny thought. Yeah, I'm my brain's dying too. <laughs> but I mean, no, it's I, interesting, I, like kind of alluded to it, Benny, that like the fluidity of like some of the language that we have, like you're taking away meaning of some words and just like adding totally new meaning to it. Yeah. Good. It's the TikTok generation. Oh god. <laughs> I was I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday and she was like explaining TikTok to me and apparently like it's it's basically like targeted advert they took the concept of targeted advertising and applied it to like v- videos like the more you like a type of video they just keep targeting shit to you in an effort to just keep you on the app longer and it's it's, it's all about so the weird <laughs> yeah do you guys watch Westworld at all? I've no. I've seen the first episode. I've always meant to watch more of it, though. Just yeah, it's really good. But one of the uh, you know main themes is just the idea of like, as humans, do we have free will? And because it seems like you can pro like you can figure out the programming of people's behavior so easily. Like if you look at target advertising, or if you look at like they're designing apps based on what keeps people glued to their screen the longest. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they're getting better mm-hmm. and better at it, showing that like we're not as maybe maybe not as complex as we think we are, you know, or we would like to believe. And maybe things we do, we don't have as much of a choice over it. You know, maybe we're just a product of our brain chemistry. I don't know. Just I love having those conversations from time to time because it's a weird concept, free will versus not free will, but what are this yeah. what is this podcast getting into dude holy shit it's getting real <laughs> weird for sure <laughs> <laughs> we went from 1984 to no free will to stan and simp still don't know what a simp yeah. is i still wish know what it is i wish that i could just consume media and not have to think about it like like you were just explaining Westworld and I was like, I've always been interested in watching that, but it feels like I'd have to think a lot. And then after having that thought, I'd just be like, I'd put on something mindless like Arrested Development and be satisfied. Just watch oh. The Office for the thousandth time. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely do that from time to time. Like, just kind of zoning, like, purposefully you know, using simple shit as escapism. You know what I mean? Because thinking all oh, day yeah. is, is actually really exhausting. Like, this yeah. idea that, like, 
people who don't work like physical labor don't have the right to be exhausted. It's just malarkey. I said it. It's malarkey. <laughs> oh, trust me. I feel that as a disabled person, I'm bombarded with that all the time. Oh yeah. As and to put it as <laughs> you did on on your Twitter bio, definitely disabled. I just yep, that definitely earlier. disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Last time I checked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of curious, like, what do you think we were, I was talking about this on the episode and, you know, both, both y'all can answer this, but what do you think, when do you think shows are going to start happening again? Like, do you think people are going to feel comfortable going to shows like even this year? And part of me is like, I love going to shows. I go to a lot of shows, like almost every weekend. Yeah. And, uh, and even that said, I'm like, I don't think it's responsible for even like some of the tours that are like, not tours, but like festivals that are announcing like in October, November. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like people are getting too lax. Like, yeah. oh, what I'm, do- what I'm doing is working. So, I don't have to do it as hard or whatever. And I don't know these festivals and tours that are getting announced to get to irresponsible because like they have such a big platform and I feel like it could influence without follow them to be like, you know, to care less and think, Oh, well maybe we can start doing our shows. And exactly. You know, suddenly we get like another giant spike, you know? I don't yeah. know. I guess it doesn't really answer your question about like, and I think, but no. I mean, I, I think it's that's a better answer, honestly, <laughs> than just like <sighs> an opinion. You know what I mean? Like actual knowledge is is better. I would say. Yeah, because I, I mean, was. What act- do you think, Bunny? Um, when it comes to a concrete, like, do I have like? do I have a prediction or an idea when things will start swinging back around? Um, I don't know. It's kind of hard to think about because it's just like, I feel like with this, it has to be taken day by day instead of like planning way into the future. Like, Oh, this is when we'll be able to do this. And this is when we'll be able to do this again. Mm. Um, when it comes to, I've, I'm an advocate of doing these things gradually as soon as it is deemed absolutely safe by top medical professional professionals and scientists who are apolitical that it is okay mm-hmm. to be able to start doing things again. And I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people in this scene in general are very in tune with that as well which is very nice i don't know it's just hard for me to kind of like come up with even an answer for something like that because it's just like there's so many different elements that go into it you know what i mean yeah yeah at the end of the day i'm just an advocate for erring on the side of caution yeah Yeah, for for sure the way i kind of see it is i don't think even if like they have people have shows, I don't think they're going to be very well populated for a, for a while. And I yeah. think 
especially in DIY, we're talking like house venues and things like that. I think those will be more careful and those will err on the side of caution. And I, I don't think anything's really major going to happen until collectively, like the collective psychology has been, has been soothed. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think, I think you're going to need a solid majority of people really feeling comfortable before it's even a question of like having an event. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. It just seems kind of like wishful thinking right now to be planning stuff when, yeah, I just feel like it's, you're creating more work for yourself. Like just wait. Just wait. Cause then you got to delay it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're gonna delay it again, and then who knows yeah. how long. I, I really feel like, honestly, I feel like realistically, those are not gonna be the same again until like as early, like or as yeah, like the earliest is like next summer. Like that's when we might start to see like quote unquote normal at shows. Maybe, yeah. and like yeah. I don't know. And, like, that'll probably only be, like, building up to the ability to have, like, small club shows or, like, house shows and stuff like that again. Like, I don't see, like, huge arena or theater gigs happening again for, like, probably 2021, 2022 at the very earliest. Yeah, I'm not trying to go to an arena with 50,000 other people. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, hopefully they just get a vaccine soon. You know, when I say soon, I mean, like time, this yeah. year, yeah. yeah. If, they, if they had like a vaccine by the end of the year, that would be like great timing. I feel like that'd be like making great time in terms of like the expected timeline of having a vaccine. But once once we can get people vaccinated, I mean, by the time the, a vaccine is even around, I think a majority of the population has probably already had had it and had antibodies. You yeah, know, I th- I think it's possible that like I feel like I probably had it. There's like a month ago, I was sick for like two days and it was like all the, everything you read about minor cases that just go away is like what I had, you know? And I, I just feel like so many people, and it's unfortunate for the people that like have been, have gotten the the bad versions of it, which doesn't make any sense to me at all, by the way. Um, how like it, it almost, it's almost like there's two diseases, but I'm not going to start a conspiracy theory. But I think that, you know, by, by that time, that the vaccine is out, we're not, there's not going to be a, a ton of people that need it relatively speaking. So I think like, yeah. that will be like the finish line sort of thing. I personally will not feel comfortable until it, comp- it subsides a very, very substantial amount, or there's a way that I feel is, or I feel like I would be able to exist in society again without putting people who are immunocompromised at risk because I feel very lucky in a sense where it's like if I get sick it doesn't really affect me too much but I would never want to put anyone else who might not be like that in that kind of position I would feel horrendously guilty even thinking about existing in society like that right right People in my community, the disabled community, are really, really worried right now because, like you said, like there's so many people that are going to have already had it, and they're gonna feel like, oh, I'm immune now, and so then goes back to what I was saying with people getting like 
relax too early and it's like me and my you can still spread it though yeah you still have like germs on you you know and you could be spreading it to immune compromised people like myself or my girlfriend or you know, any number of people in like a community and yeah it's a really scary thing to think yeah i think realistically because cash is king and like the economy is going to collapse if we stay quarantined too long i think what'll happen is like you're already starting to see shit like kind of open back up in certain states. And I think they'll just continue to encourage people who are immunocompromised or are at more risk to just keep quarantining themselves. And then, which, you know, unfortunately more and more people, I feel like people are just like bulls waiting to be let out of the cage. A ton of people, you know what I mean? Like, I think so many people are just going to be try to go right back to normal. Cause that's just how homeostasis works, I guess. But I agree that it's a scary thought, you know. That, Trust me, buddy. I see it at my work all the fucking time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just I mean, like dealing with customers and the fact that it's just like as time goes on, they're just growing more and more impatient. And it's just at the point where it's like, please just kill. Like everyone's safety is more important than your impatience yeah. at not being able to go to a golf course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. dude. Yeah, like it's not the worst thing in the world to be bored for a while. I'm like, I get it that you know, like, economy's collapsing. You know, people are not able to pay their bills. It's like that's awful, and I empathize with that for sure. Like, not being able to take care of their families, they're not even going to be there though. Like, she pulled the trigger too quick. Like, yeah, we're dying out there. Yeah. Not trying to mess with that. It's just, yeah, it is, it's pretty fucking wild. Especially because, like, I've never seen something that's so unpredictable in terms of, like, how it's going to affect you. Like, yeah. Relatively yeah. healthy people dying and then, like, old people surviving. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't, yeah. it, it, it doesn't feel like, it feels like there's two diseases going around. It's weird. Like, you either get the I good know. one or the bad one. It's like, what the fuck? I know, right? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, they right. probably created coronavirus in the pizza place where Pizzagate happened, I think. We're just going to oh, talk conspiracy. Oh, let's, yeah, just, yeah. let's just combine Double our down. conspiracies. <laughs> Double down, <laughs> buddy. Meme speak, Pizzagate, we're hitting it all. This is the new direction oh, yeah. of the pod, baby. No yeah, more checking all the boxes. QAnon, ever heard of it? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> do you use have you ever used Tor? It's a good time. So have you ever heard of the dark web? Dude, sometimes I will like go on Reddit and just read read like dark web horror stories. It's really fucking entertaining. Whenever I think oh, of the, man. whenever I think of the dark web, I just think of like I don't think of like the internet black market or like things of seedy nature like that. I just think of like the matrix. Like uh, cyber tunnels and all of that shit. <laughs> I have a you know very easy to please brain. If everyone you know is not aware, dude, same. I think that's why I can do podcast after podcast after podcast and like still be like moderately <laughs> engaged. You know, you like, see, you're doing one of these every day. 
Um, not every day during the quarantine. It's been like maybe three or four days a week. I've been yeah. Doing podcasts. And sometimes more, sometimes not really less usually though, like sometimes more, but I think Benny, I don't know if I even mentioned this, but I think when we can start doing in-person stuff again, or once shit opens up a little bit more, I'm going to like slow down on yeah. this podcast, try to do like one or two a week tops just cause like I'll be able to, once I can start, the reason I have so much time is cause I can't practice with my bands, you know? Like, yeah. I usually would have like two different band practices to go to. But yeah. now I figure mine as well plan is just to like bank as many episodes as I can so that like I can take a break if I need to. Something yeah. Like so, yeah. That's a, good, that's a good idea. Yeah. Unfortunately, so though, lot, like though. three to four a week is so much. Dude, it is. It is. It's, it's, I never really thought it would, it would be, but it definitely feels like work and, not making money, not complaining, because no one's making <laughs> me do this. But, yeah, <laughs> you know, hopefully one day this this turns into something like, um, you know, mo- like some profit would be cool. You know what I mean? Like, I think the like pipe dream goal like would be like if we could get an advertiser like sponsors. You know, if we got enough people listening that we could actually get sponsored by something, I think that'd be fucking awesome. The next Chris Dalia. <laughs> yeah dude we need to come up with a thing to to call our listeners though I refuse to call our listeners neighbors because that's just too cheesy oh uh, come it, on it's just so like it's the it's the obvious one you know what I mean it really like, is yeah howdy neighbors like start every episode like that okay what's up all be... you cool cats and kittens oh. <laughs> uh, dude oh, are you God. You guys fans of uh, Manchester Orchestra? Well, they uh good. What's that? We're good, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So they like they just released uh this limited run of merch and uh one of like these really plain like plain white t-shirts with black and white photos of them no on them and one of them is Carol the picture of her holding her husband on a leash when he's like kneeling in front of her and then just says Manchester mm-hmm. Orchestra in plain font. Oh boy. 15 bucks quarantine purchase. <laughs> but, uh, Amazing. but yeah, I think I'm going to, we're about at an hour. I would say I'll probably wrap her up Yeah, before we start talking about the Illuminati or something. Yeah. They implanted meme speak into our culture. Yeah, I actually like that. I feel like that could be a hashtag. Good job, Benny. They, the reptilian shapeshifters in power. Dude, another great Reddit uh, rabbit hole <laughs> is the reptilian shapeshifters. Dude, I fucking love that. And I will mention real quick, at if you watch the Joe Rogan episode where he had Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, at the end of that, Billy Corgan... It's a really great episode, by the way. If Like, for the inside the music industry and like the actual experience of like becoming a, like a huge rock musician. But at the end, Billy Corgan talks about how he saw a reptilian shapeshifter. He saw this thing transform before his very eyes, blah, blah, blah. And was like dead serious. I'm just like, okay, I thought this guy was saying the entire time, <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. You never know. You Why? never know. It's, it, it seems like a weird thing to lie about, like if, especially if you're already world famous for like 
your art? Like, why would you feel the need to like get attention from lying about? I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> They're real. It's all good. It's all good. They're, this is the quarantine. I'm not even going to say it. I'm just fucking rambling on. Ty, I want to let you. Well, first of all, thanks for coming on the podcast. Once again, I really like think it's dope what you do. Definitely have a lot of respect for that. Um, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, show. And I always end by like letting the guests just plug whatever they want to plug, you know, where they can find your, your content, whatever you want to plug. So fire away. Uh, uh. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sketch and Tweet. You can find my art on Instagram at cmd.art. And if you want to find any of my stuff as it pertains to Skitchin, just literally Google Skitchin Zine and it'll, you'll get a bunch of results. Oh, uh, yeah. Come I'm here, everybody should watch the movie Crip Camp on Netflix. Amazing documentary about uh, disability movement, where it started and how it's gone. Uh, basically, the whole history of the movement. It's really great. It's called Crip Camp. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. I'll tell my my girlfriend's supposed to work at a summer camp. Like she's a social worker, and she's gonna work at this summer camp for uh, disabled kids. So, oh, I, cool. She, yeah, she's a saint. Is it is it MDA summer camp? No, it's uh I'm not sure what, exactly what it is. Um yeah. I think it's it, I can't remember if it was physical or mental disabilities or both. I think it's both. And it's it's yeah. Camp Wetico out in uh it's like Boston or New Hampshire like out in that area. Um yeah, but yeah, I'll have to let her know about that. Yeah, well, cool dude. We do that. Right. Oh shit. Thanks. Yep. And uh like I said, if you ever, you know, if you wanna if you ever want some need some content, feel free to I'm sure Benny and I would both be happy to do an interview or something if you ever need uh a page filled or something in that zine. Absolutely. Yeah, let's do that. Cool, cool, cool. Hey. Alrighty. Yep, y'all take it easy. Take it 